1: Hi, this is Tracy L. Flatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I am so happy to welcome you to the show. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I am very grateful, as always, and humbled that so many people are listening to the show live and in the archives and in the iTunes podcast channel. So thanks for tuning in, however, you access the show. I'm grateful. I created the show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I'm interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, and originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052 You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. Email me in between shows if you'd like to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest. You can reach me at at tracylflatten.com and that's Tracy spelled T-R-A-C-I. In the coming weeks, some fascinating guests are coming on. Next week on Thursday, October 22nd, novelist L.V. Lewis will talk about keeping up the heat in interracial romances. Realist painter Graydon Parrish from Austin, Texas will be on, but I don't yet have the specific date. And Texas rock star Linwood Presley King, singer from The Heroine, will also be on. And by the way, The Heroine refers to, and I quote from an article about the band, The Heroine, the woman on a horse slaughtering people. I think that's really cool. So tune in and keep checking the website independentartistthinkers.com and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on the show. I am so delighted today to have Muay Thai champion Ognyan Topic on to talk about Muay Thai fighting, being a Bosnian Serb and fleeing the war, becoming an American, and living and training in Thailand. And I think Ognyan is a great example of personal transformation into excellence as an athlete. And uh, I also have to say that Ognyan has modeled for my husband. um, If you listen to the show, you know that sculptor Sabin Howard. Ognyan Topic was born in Bosnia. He and his family moved to Serbia when the Yugoslav Wars broke out. His father eventually won the immigration lottery and brought his family to the United States. As a child, Topic was drawn to the visual arts and also to martial arts. He won his black belt as a teenager but wanted a bigger challenge and he found it when he entered the unrelenting world of Muay Thai fighting. Tapich's love of the visual arts led him to a career in graphic design, but he stepped away from that to fight professionally. In 2014, with his usual unswerving commitment, he relocated to Thailand. He spent seven months living and training in Thailand. He is currently ranked number one in the United States and is sponsored by In Fight Style. He has won WKA and WBC USA national titles, and the Lion Fight World title. You can see more about Agnian at www.theprimetopic.com. Agnian, welcome. Thank you for being on the show.
0: Hi, Tracy. You're welcome.
1: I'm really glad to have you on, and I'm grateful you're modeling for my husband also.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. We have some upcoming uh, projects to finish up as well.
1: Yeah, I've seen the photographs of you in World War I uniform. It looks fantastic. So yeah. I, us- I usually start, you know, you've got a fascinating background life story, and I always start by asking my guests to tell us how they got started. How did you begin your journey? What has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have? And when did you know you were going to be a professional fighter? Were martial arts a major presence in your home when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? What did your parents want you to be? Tell me about your childhood and just lead up to now and this is a big question, so run with it,
0: yeah, okay. just uh remind me as I go along if I trail off um to get back on topic but uh but basically um you know fast forward when i when we came here to America um, you know I was uh I was uh watching uh boxing one day on ESPN and uh, you know, I think I was in, in sixth sixth grade, I believe, sixth or seventh grade, and there was just something that stood out to me, um, about that challenge, you know, uh two two human beings going at it and fighting each other. And um and you know, it wasn't like I wanted to uh get in there and hurt somebody specifically, but it was just it was just a new challenge and I and I felt like it was it was the highest challenge that you can have uh you know battling another human being other than you know possibly I guess going to war or something like that uh that's even you know much much more difficult so um it stood out to me and I wanted to start boxing and I asked my parents if I can do that parents obviously denied that and um you know their their whole idea of bringing me and my sister here was to uh you know create a safe life for for both of us so they wanted us to just get a college education and go to school and um, find a career job. So I understood that, you know, I also, I also had a lot of um, uh, concussions when I was uh, younger and they didn't want me to take any, any punishment to the head and sustain more injuries. I was, I was a very wild, wild kid. (laughs) So, uh, which obviously, which obviously led me to this sport anyway. Um, so I said, okay, that's fine. Um, so I told them, how about karate or taekwondo? So they agreed to that, and I started training in in taekwondo. But um, you know, after four years and I received my black belt after four years, it just wasn't you know for me at that time. I was 18 years old, and um, I just wanted something something more exciting and more realistic because in taekwondo you don't really take too many headshots. So and you know that's that's pretty much the um the I guess more the most challenging part in a in a match, in a fight. So, um I s I was back on ESPN, believe it or not, and I was watching it again and I saw uh what was Muay Thai and um it was just amazing the way the two fighters looked and it was actually fights from Thailand so uh the Thai guys uh were so strong and they were so uh you know, sturdy in their balance and I said, I, I wanna do this, this is what I want. And it was everything that I already knew already in, uh and from um Taekwondo with the kicking and and uh punching except the punching to the face so and there was also added knees and elbows. So it was just uh a beautiful display of I guess athletic performance in that field. So, mm-hmm. I, and I've never heard of that sport before. Before then, uh, Muay Thai. So, I was just driving around. This is probably maybe a couple of months after that. I was driving around the next town, and I saw a logo which was um, of a guy, in in a, in like a Muay Thai stance. And I said, "Wow, this is that stuff that I saw on TV." So I walked in there and I asked, uh, you know, I I wanted to get some more information. And unfortunately, the owner of that place. Uh, said that the owners of that Muay Thai gym already moved to another location. So I asked him if they knew uh, where they were, and he said, no, we're not sure. But they had, uh, um, you know, the name, it was like a banner still that was left up. So I went online, and I searched them out, and I found them, and they were about uh, 30 minutes from where I lived. So I went there, and like I said, at that that stage, I was uh, 18 years old. Uh-huh. And I found them, and that's the that's the school that I'm still with. And the name of that school is North Jersey Muay Thai. Um, so you know the trainers took me in, and they're they were very um, welcoming. So I've been with them ever since then, and and you know that was it. So since since that time, we we set short 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 goals and long term goals, and um, you know we're we're still achieving some of those goals. So um, and to answer some of the other questions, yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if Saban told you, but I boxed for about six or seven years.
0: Oh wow, that's awesome.
1: My trainer was a had been world kickboxing champion for two years, Matthew Sykes. I think it was eighty-six and eighty-seven, or maybe it was eighty-seven, eighty-eight. But I feel strongly uh-huh. that women should learn how to defend themselves, and um, I did kickboxing with Matthew, Matthew. But I also did boxing, and his wife is Eileen. Um, Kawai, or I, uh, her real name is Miyoko Kawai, or Eileen Oshevsky um, is her married uh-huh. name. Matthew Sykes' real last name is is Oshevsky, but um, she is a Golden Glove champion and world um, title holder for her weight class. And I bar- I sparred with her a few times, so I got in, I wrapped my hands, got in the ring, and we were doing two oh, minute wow. rounds. Yeah, you know, we did two minute rounds, and I have to say, from the time the bell rang. So the time it rang again, those two minutes, I was more alive than any other part of my life. Though I was just right. because someone in there was going to pound me if I wasn't a thousand percent present. And so that right. sense of total aliveness where nothing else existed, just my opponent, I still remember it vividly. Do you experience that?
0: Um, yeah, you have to. And I think it's all of the uh all of your emotions working at the same time and I think they actually did a study on that, uh, where, you know, they were saying when an athlete is in the zone and focused hundred percent that it seems like time actually slows down but it's it's really not. It's just hundred percent being focused and and in that in that um at that point of time, you know, your life is on the line as well. So you have no choice but to but to be one hundred percent focused in what you're doing. So I feel like you know that's that's what helps you out with all the adrenaline and and the fear and and you know a, a lot of people say that fear is not a good um, a good emotion to have but fear is a good emotion to have as long as you can control it and when you learn to control it then it works in your favor um, because you can have phenomena such as that where it seems like time is actually slowing down for you but it's actually uh, probably all all of the other uh, emotions working
1: together. It it was uh it was just it was like everything was heightened all all my experiences all my senses were completely heightened but nothing existed right. except what was in that ring for those two Yeah. Years. The That's only great. thing I, I'm
0: glad you got only, that experience.
1: Yeah, me too. It was great. And uh Miyoko, you should look her up online. She's an amazing fighter and her jab was like a solid brick wall. It was just tiny little person mm-hmm. but just the most amazing fighter you can imagine and Um, the only other time I ever experienced anything like that was when I went rock climbing with Sabin, where I'd be up on a rock wall and you get that same kind of, you have to focus a thousand percent, but I know i read some things online about you and sort of, so tell me about how your parents dealt with you and Muay Thai fighting.
0: Uh, well, that was, that was a very, very difficult time for me. um, When I first started Muay Thai, you know, I told them that I found a gym, I'm quitting uh, Taekwondo, and and, uh, this is what I want to pursue. So they got really mad at me because they knew, I I feel like they knew where this was going. You know, with my background as being such a wild kid and knowing Taekwondo, they had a feeling where I wanted to go with this. But I I told them, you know, I'm just going to use this as as training, and that's it. I'm not going to step in the ring. I won't fight. I promise you. So uh, a couple of years go by. Um, it was about two years go by uh, that went by, and you know I, I wanted to fight, and I actually wanted to fight uh, way earlier before that. But I kind of just wanted to uh, forget about that, and you know not go against my parents. So uh, a couple of years go by, and I started getting the itch of uh, fighting, and I was ready. You know, um, I was. I, I did my due diligence. I spent a lot of time in the gym, and. Uh what better way to test yourself than to actually go into competition? so I started uh fighting um behind their back. I knew they weren't gonna they weren't gonna approve of it, so I just started fighting and this was amateur at the time, and this went on for i would say about nine ten years since then so um or maybe a little less maybe about seven eight years and then after I turned pro it was a little different but anyway. You know, I would go and I would have these fights um, on a Friday night in New York City. And then, you know, if I would get a bruise or something on my eye, I would tell them uh, that that uh, I would just have to sleep over a friend's house. So I would sleep over a friend's house on Friday night, wake up in the morning, go train on Saturday, and then come back home. And I would tell them, oh, it was just from training. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal.
1: So you <laughs> so were lying was, to your parents, you naughty yes, son. Yes,
0: I had. Yeah, I had no choice, and you know what? This was, this is uh, um, something, you know, maybe something that w- that would help, um, you know, to your to viewers that are following and pursuing their uh, their goals and their dreams. And I'm not condoning lying, but I'm condoning sacrifice, and this was part of my sacrifice. And there was nothing in my way that was going to stop me from doing what I wanted to do, because I was I was talented and I was good. So, um, you know, I knew if I stopped, I would just have this regret for the rest of my life. So I had to sacrifice this, and I had to lie to my parents. So, um, you know, fast forward after that, my my uh, a few years after that, uh, my father actually saw one of my fights on YouTube that was posted, because at that point, I was already a big name in the amateur um, circuit. You know, I was, I was well-known in New York City and actually around the whole country, and um my parents well, well my father saw the fight and you know he he was not happy at all and we actually stopped talking for about 4 months because of that incident incident uh, so, that's hard yeah it was it was a very difficult time so you know me being hard-headed and him being hard-headed i we we would just well, you walk did next understand. to each other and,
1: you you understood oh, that point I, of view
0: Right. I, I I I understood absolutely, and you know I would probably do the same thing if I had a child. You know, it's it's your parents' instinct to protect their uh, kids. So, so I completely understood. But you know, this, this is something that I love doing, and my father was a professional soccer player, so he was an athlete his whole life, and um, you know I knew that he would eventually come around and understand uh, my point of view. So you know, those four months passed by, and we didn't we didn't. Um, have like a, like a sit down and say, okay, you know what? Let's just forget about this. Let's just talk. We kind of just uh, warmed up to it and we started talking. And since then it was kind of like they knew that I was fighting, but we just never brought it up and we never spoke about it. So, um so I continued my, my career, my amateur career. I started fighting and then a few years after that I wanted to turn pro and I sent my parents down on, on uh, Christmas and i told them look it's either it's either you guys are going to support me and um you know i'm going to i'm going to continue doing this or we're just going to have to part ways and uh you guys go your way i'm going to go my way and that's it that's going to be the end of us so they said okay we understand your love for this my father finally understood what it was um you know i mean he put himself in in his shoes and uh, you know the way he felt about about soccer and him being a professional athlete, and so he completely understood and he said okay i will I will support you from now on and ever since then, everything's been great so my father actually comes to most of my fights that are around in this area in new jersey New York area, and uh you know my mom my mom still never watches any of my fights, never uh, supports me in that way, which is understandable, you know, I think it's hard for a
1: mom. It's hard for a mom to watch her son get hit. I mean, that's just, and kicked and, you know, you, the Muay Thai fighters are some of the best athletes in the whole world. Those guys aren't messing around.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I understand that. And to be honest with you, when you, when you have a, a clear set goal and you're so focused, support really does not matter to you. Um, i you know it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if my parents supported me or not as long as as long as I was able to do the sport it i would i would still uh attain the you know the uh the co- the goals that I have set in mind so um obviously it it does make things easier to know that your your father is behind you and he's happy when you're winning and things like that so that does help- help out but you know the point of that i guess is uh for the for the listeners um that are like i said pursuing dreams is you know not to really get let down if somebody doesn't show you show you support because you don't know what that's manifesting from maybe it's jealousy maybe it's because they're angry at you for some reason you know you you really don't know so you have to just uh stay focused stay on track and continue to do what you wish to do and what makes you happy what you think is right for you to do
1: yeah, I think that's well said. Can you tell us about when you chose to become a pro fighter? What was that decision like? Why you went from being an am- I saw a little bit of your graphic designs on the internet. You were pretty good. So what led to this shift in your life?
0: Right. Well, um, I did. I did go to college, and I finished with a bachelor's in in uh, in fine fine arts with a concentration in uh, graphic design. You know, I mean, this is what my parents brought me here for, and I wanted to make them happy. But not only that, I still wanted to go to college, and uh, and I and I loved art. I loved graphic design, and uh, I, you know, this is what I was also happy doing, and I still do on my. Uh, uh, on my own time and I'm still freelancing as well. So I do love graphic design to this day. So I did do that but um um I'm sorry, what was the original question?
1: How you chose what, to uh, become a pro fighter? Uh, to,
0: right. So it was what just was that it was just pretty much well it was just pretty much the next step in the in in my career, you know, and as a challenge. So um that's what I wanted to do and you know, my trainer and I sat down, we discussed the uh, options and possibilities. And, and that was it. You know, we we just made a choice and we said, okay, now we have to take our game to the next level and, uh, you know, attack the uh, the rest of the goals that we had as far as becoming a champion in, in the different uh, belts and, or sanctions.
1: And tell, talk about moving to Thailand and training there. What was that like?
0: Well, I started going to Thailand I think when I was twenty two years old and at that time you know i was working i was uh going to school full time and then working also part time and then of course training full time too so I was only able to go uh a month at a time um but when I went there, you know the experience was great i got I got better although a month still isn't isn't enough time to see a noticeable difference and I was always fighting over there as well so i would if i would go there for for a month i would get at least uh one fight in and um you know i was uh, i uh i continued my career career job uh in graphic design and i was working for a great company um with two guys who were very uh supportive the bosses the owners and you know they let me they let me continue doing my my sport um with the with the hours that i was able to have with them and so you know once i turned professional um, a couple of years in it was getting very difficult to balance the two out, you know, being a full time fighter and then uh having a full time eight hour uh job, you know. I was I was just so drained after um after work and then having to go in the ring and then fight on a, on a on the highest level that you can in uh in American or around the world. So I had to choose one of the two and I decided to choose Muay Thai because um, you know, this is based off of your uh Um, you know, based off of your age and your physical ability. And my age is going to be here only once, you know, but graphic design is going to be here for the rest of my life. So I chose Muay Thai to pursue that. And then I uh, designed for my graphic design uh, career job. And I started pursuing this ever since then. So it's been about two and a half, three years since I've been uh, just concentrating in Muay Thai. And then once I did that, I started uh, going to Thailand for a longer periods periods of time. So I, I spend about anywhere from four months to uh, seven months um, training there, and then I come back here and then I fight uh, at the big shows such as the Lion Fight Show.
1: Well, where do you live when you're in Thailand? What, you just train ten hours a day. What's it like?
0: <laughs> well, I live um, right across from the from the gym. So every gym has uh, has a camp, you know, which is filled with fighters and um so they, there's uh, there's a little house next to the gym, and that's where I live that's where i eat sleep and, and and train pretty much um so we train about two and a half to three hours in the morning and then two and a half three hours in the evening as well so that's that's pretty much your whole life you know it's just waking up, training, coming back to your room, eating, and then sleeping, and then doing it all over again uh in the evening
1: and that and you feel that the time in Thailand has taken your athletic ability and your fighting ability to the very next level.
0: Yes, absolutely. The gym that I train at is called uh, Eminent Air Gym and uh it's it's uh it's a little funny name because it's actually a uh air conditioning company that sponsors it sponsors it cheap? so that's why it's called em- Eminent yeah, mm-hmm. Eminent Air Gym, but that's one of the uh top 10 gyms in Bangkok. Uh, which is the capital city of Thailand, and they have uh, they have a lot of champions in that in that uh, in that gym. So the skill level from a champion and a and a you know just a regular fighter is is huge. You know you get much better with your timing, and um, I I think it's pretty much just the timing. You know it's it, that changes the game in, in a fight. So you know my my, How does uh, it my skill the game? level.
1: Ha, explain well, that. It's How
0: does you change the game? It's just a different rhythm in uh inside of a fight. You know, when you're when you're sparring let's say or aspiring or fighting uh an amateur fighter versus uh a professional fighter, somebody that has uh that type of experience that the ties do with the with the you know, the accolades of, of championship belts from the big stadiums, the timing is just completely different and the rhythm is different and and the uh attacks and techniques come um at different times, you know, so I'm not sure how else I can explain it, but, um, I mean, you know, you you, can, you you pretty much feel like you're one second late to block, you know, and by the time you want to block that kick or punch or technique, elbow, the knee is already there, and now you're behind on points, you know, and that happened a couple of times, and then that's it, you lost the fight already. So that helped me out a lot, learning that uh, specific timing that the ties do, and I believe that's what sets them apart as well is their timing and I mean, you know of course they're very powerful fighters too they're strong but uh that's why the Thais are are most of the time able to beat the foreigners in a, in a fight because they just have a different understanding of that of that timing and that rhythm while they're fighting
1: and when Does you learn that learned yeah, yeah, yeah. It does because uh, I've been in a ring, so I know how important it is to be able to right, take right. a punch, throw a punch, and duck a punch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the, high, right. the timing is everything there. But do you think that learning that timing is what has allowed you to become a champion?
0: Uh, yes, at some point yes. But it's not only just timing. It's uh, you know just being persistent and uh, being determined. You know, I guess I guess it's. That's what they that's what they mean when they say having heart or heart of a champion. Just being determined, you know. You get you get knocked down, you you get hurt in the ring, and you get up and you just keep going forward and and uh, believing in yourself. So there's a lot of a lot of aspects to becoming a champion, you know. But I guess the main one is just not quitting, being per- persistent and uh, determined. Obviously, hard working in the gym. So.
1: So far, in as we've been talking, you have talked about not being afraid of fear but learning how to control it. You've talked about mm-hmm. condoning sacrifice. You've talked about having mm-hmm. a clear goal and focus. And now you're talking about being persistent and being determined. What are some of the other important points of what you've learned as a fighter?
0: Um, I would say... I mean, I think those are the key points, you know. I feel like uh, if I wanted to achieve anything after this, after doing the sport, you know, nothing can get in your way with that mentality. Having that uh, championship mind um, or champion mind, um, you know, if you wanted to start a new business or wanted to completely do something different outside of fighting, just take the same principles that you did uh, while you're in the gym, the hardworking attitude, and you apply it to uh some other aspects in your life and uh you know it'll be it, you know it'll turn out the, the same way but um for the for the listeners uh you know I would suggest you know like I said being being smart about things and being hard work it's not enough to just have a dream you know a lot of people say follow your follow your dream okay I'll follow my dream but if I make if I make uh bad decisions along the way then I'm not going to be able to follow my dream and uh, I I think money is one of the biggest, uh, one of the most important aspects in life. And so you have to be uh, very smart with uh, money as well. You know, you have to know um, when to spend money, when to save money, when to be frugal. So it's things like that. And none of this was, was coincidence in my life. Everything was designed. Even since I was 18 years old, when I, even when I was actually 15 years old, when I first started, uh, working my first job was mcdonald 's you know and i was and I was saving money then and uh uh you know a lot of people don 't know, but I used to make uh music as well um and I think I was just a creative creative person you know from the art art aspect from the music aspect, I just like creating things, so I started creating music and I was fifteen years old, and I wanted to get a a keyboard so I can make uh uh like hip hop beats. And you know, I actually sold a couple of hip hop beats so it was, you know, it was a pretty fun experience, it was cool. Um and I saved up money and I bought a professional grade keyboard and that was like eighteen hundred dollars at the time. Um so and that was at, at fifteen years old when I started working, so um and that was I think that was thanks to my father because I would I would just watch him and observe him um how he spent money and how he saved money and, and you know, him coming here to America and creating a life for us. And you know we never we never stepped back uh, backwards in life. We were always moving forward. You know, so we went from one 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 town to a better town to another better town. You know, and it was always a nice house, an okay house, and then you know a, a, a much better house. So we were always advancing and everything. And I and I was very observant uh, of my father um, and how he did things monetarily. So. Um, you know, I, I made a lot of sacrifices when it comes to that as well. You know, I, I couldn't drive the car that I wanted to drive because I knew that I needed money for something in the future that, uh you know, that may come up. So I said, you know what, instead of driving the, the nice car that I want, I'm going to listen to my father. And when he tells me, don't be stupid, be smart, get the car that's going to do the job for you in the cheapest way. So I said, okay, I'll I'll do that. Or when he would tell me other things, you know, so that helped me out a lot and I understand that not everybody has a, uh, has a figure to look up to like that. But, um, you know, you can take, take words from other, other people who have done it, you know, such as me and you can follow that, that plan. So, uh, you know, like I was saying, it's not, it's not enough to just follow your dream. You have to really be smart and think ahead, think ahead maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, and visualize how your life may be in that in that uh, uh, in that period of time, and you know, uh, see how things may turn out.
1: Well, since you brought it up, I do have a question. I was going to ask a little later, but what are your goals in for five years, ten years, and twenty years?
0: Well, I would love to. Um, I would love to start flipping houses. To be honest with you. <laughs> I think that that would be you my want to go into real challenge. estate uh I wouldn't say necessarily real estate my my brother in law is actually a uh a real estate agent and he and he specializes in selling luxury homes and so um you know uh, along with his help, I think I can uh miss something, but I think it's just another challenge for me to uh to tackle so I would like to do that um and and you know these are just ideas um I have I have a lot of knowledge in the sport of Muay Thai. I would like to maybe open up a gym of my own, maybe take over my uh, trainer's gym. Uh, you know, there's there's many uh, ideas that that we're all or uh, all uh, playing around with. So um, I might be able to do something with the graphic design, whether it's open up a business. So there's a lot of ideas right now that are floating in my mind. But you know, whatever it is, I'm gonna. Um, you know, decide at a a little later time and just focus on that and pursue that.
1: And are there any fights that you're thinking about that you want to have, or what do you have upcoming in terms of fights?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be most likely defending my title that I just got probably uh, uh, in February, and that's going to be in Connecticut for that line fight show that I mentioned earlier, which is televised on AXS TV so, um, I'll probably be defending that title, and I would love to get uh at least one more world title and um and you know that that would i think that would be great for my uh for my career
1: and tell us about some of your fights tell us about the fights that thrilled you the most
0: uh I think the fights that thrilled me the most is the fights that i uh you know that I get that are against the Thai fighters with you know records of like 100 to 200 fights, and, um, you know, I've had many of those when I first started fighting um, as a professional, you know, I would walk in there with about 20 amateur fights, and then maybe a few uh, professional fights, and I would end up beating these guys, uh, the Thai guys, with 100 to 200 fights, and it was just the uh, the dedication and the focus that I had uh, prior to that. And and I believe that an athlete, or maybe not just an athlete, but um, in general, somebody who's competing um, uh, will always perform best when they're fighting somebody that they feel like is even better than them. Um, yeah, my, you know, you, when, you just...
1: I, when I was boxing, my trainer, Matthew Sykes, he would always pair me with a girl who was a better fighter. I was always outclassed. Mm. And I always thought what a good psychologist he was to do that.
0: yeah. Yeah, sort of, I think it's amazing, and
1: it brought out the best in me.
0: Right, absolutely, and I also liked um, liked that challenge as well because I knew it was going to prepare me mentally for the rest of my life. You know, having those those sorts sorts of tests uh, was like a school in itself. You know, it was like being in a classroom classroom learning something, but you were learning mentally uh, about becoming even tougher. You know, and it was also scary when you go to Thailand a whole different country where these people are just dedicating their, uh, you know, they've been doing this since they were, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, and you, you know, you walk into the ring and you look across um, from the ring and, and you're thinking, man, I have, what, like 10 professional fights and I'm about to go against a guy with 200. And, you know, you end up fighting and everything comes out, turns out okay. So those are the little tests that make a person much stronger. Uh, in life, mentally, so that's another reason why I wanted to uh, take up these uh, difficult fights. And you know, when when my trainer and I, uh, or trainers actually, I have two, when we decided that we were going to do this, we said, you know, we're going to go at this 100%, and we're gonna we're gonna challenge the guys that that uh that have the things that we want, which is the titles and uh, the big names, you know, if we challenge the guy with the big name and we beat him, then that's going to be great for us. It's just gonna, um, it's just gonna bring us to the to the limelight a lot faster than if we uh, took our time and you know we're fighting the lower class fighters. So, and I believe that brought up my game um, and my fighting ability uh, a lot faster also, just by challenging myself and fighting these top level athletes. Yeah.
1: So since you brought up about challenging yourself and going right for the big, the big names, then what, tell mm-hmm. us about your training regimen. Are there special foods you eat? Is it, do you have to sleep 10 hours a night? Are you six hours a day at the gym? Tell us what you do to prepare for fights.
0: Yeah. So, um, Generally in the morning you wake up and uh you know, I get when I'm when I'm this is when I'm over here in America. Uh when I'm preparing for a fight I stop everything else I'm doing and I'm and I'm just concentrating on that and I train twice a day as well. So I go to the gym, I um in the morning I usually if I do eat, it's something very little. Just maybe like a like a bar, a granola bar or something like that, just to give me some quick energy and uh and some water as well. So I get to the gym, I do my, my beginning workout, pads, uh bag, uh hitting the bag, uh and the pads are actually with the trainer. The trainer holds pads for you and that's pretty much the closest thing other than sparring to an actual fight. And that's where you go, uh, at hundred percent. That's where you gain your your uh you know, your power, your speed. And also uh the stamina to be able to withstand fighting for for three minutes and five rounds, so that's that that's in the morning um you do your run as well, and then I go home, make some food, and there's nothing special uh in my diet you know, I eat regular food and it's it's a lot of uh carbohydrates because that's what athletes need to sustain that high uh level of intensity. Um, mm-hmm. So you need a lot of e- energy to be able to um, train, and you know I I I I was never great with with eating, uh, I guess quote unquote healthy. You know, I would just eat regular food, and um, and and I debunked a lot of uh, you know a lot of the the stuff you read online about oh you need to do this you need to do that no you really don't need none of that stuff you need to just um, you know get some food in your in your body and and get get rest and that's pretty much all you need and you're going to perform at a high level. You know, there's too much uh science out there going on um and uh you know, it's not necessarily all true, you know. F-
1: uh, I we have a question. Yes. Do you have yes, any okay. thoughts on Tom Brady's alkaline diet, one of the listeners in the chat room just asked, do you have any thoughts on Tom Brady's alkaline diet?
0: Um, no, I don't. I actually haven't heard of that. But that's that's exactly what, what my point is. You know, there's all these, like, diets and things like that. And, you know, I have no idea what the alkaline diet is. It could be a great thing. But it's just, you know, in, in life, just keep everything simple and basic, and you're going to be just fine. You know, just eat your... Uh, I guess eat your vegetables, eat your fruits, mix it up with your carbs, with your proteins, and you're going to be okay. You know, there's no reason to uh, get crazy with all these diets. And remember, if somebody is trying to lose weight, you know what you need to do. You need to just cut down your calories and you need to add a little bit of exercise and you're going to be just fine. And if you hit a plateau where you see you're not losing any more weight, then you need to, uh, you know, still cut down a little more calories or, make your training intensity a little a little higher you know obviously okay. you're going to need more food uh, Auggie, so it's I always we easier have
1: a, Auggie, we have a caller let me i think hold on
0: okay
2: no problem
1: hello is this
2: caller?
1: hi yes how are you doing good hello this is yeah, great, Platt um... and augian topich so are you calling yeah. augian a question
2: Yes, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Ogden. I just wanted to say congrats on the line. fight when You looked amazing, um, great technique, strong, and it was just great to watch. And um, I just wanted to ask, as far as Muay Thai in the United States, I know we have a kind of like a small, pretty tight knit community. And for some reason, in the U.S., you have the boxing is really big and the MMA is really big, but a few people seem to recognize Muay Thai for what it is, and now that Lion fights is growing, it's great, but I just wanted to know, um, do you have any opinions or ideas or anything that can be done you think to increase maybe the, increase the sport in the States, um, make it a little more popular, maybe bring some more money and more popularity, any ideas or?
1: That's a great question. Caller, what's your name? Yeah, thank you
2: for all. uh, my name is Quajo. I'm from Peoria, Illinois, and I'm I'm also a Muay Thai. I'm an amateur Muay Thai fighter, and um, well,
1: thank I, you yeah. so much for want... calling in. All right, so, thank okay, you. Thank okay, Argan, go ahead. Answer the answer the question.
0: Yeah, thanks for the call. Um, I think no uh, I think what Line Fight is doing is is the correct way. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they're televised now, and they're getting uh, uh, good fighters on the show. I think maybe they can um. Uh, just continue getting the great, great fighters on there, the Thai fighters. And those are the Mm -hmm. people that are going to be very, very impressive for the viewers on TV. You know, when they see somebody that's powerful and, you know, not not wild and that's really thinking and technical inside the ring, I think that's what's going to get the viewers to uh, start watching more and liking the score more. And, uh, you know, of course, course I think um, getting, uh, you know, more exposure, uh more tv access on the uh uh i mean i mean more 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 exposure on tv will will also benefit that also so uh i think i think what line five is doing is is already enough but um mm-hmm. i i mean i don't know man it's it's difficult you know as as you know yeah. for yourself it's very difficult i think uh What about grassroots
1: efforts? What about grassroots efforts and people like both of you getting out there on social Mm -hmm. media and also emailing your friends? Facebook. Yeah, I
0: mean,
2: definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. We already, uh, you know, do that. I'm, I'm very um, active on my social media, and uh, you know, all my friends know what I do. But uh, not, not, not a lot of people want to dedicate their time to actually start the store, but uh, uh, start training in the sport, right. but uh, as far as watching the sport, um, I mean, you know, I, I do my best with the uh, social media and trying to uh, exploit the sport of Muay Thai, but I think it's just time. I mean, I think, I right. think Muay Thai is, is, is gaining uh, some momentum now, so mm-hmm. I think when people start viewing more on TV, they're going to see what the sport is about, and, um, you know, it's not just something uh, – uh, Something wild,
2: I guess. You're Right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to talk you to you. You got it, man. Thank you for the call. All right.
1: Bye bye. Bye. Thanks bye. for calling in. That that was a great call. That was that was a good. Yeah, that was great. That was nice. Yeah, that's
0: that's a that's a very big question in this in this sport, you know, and uh, and it's very difficult because there's not a lot of money in the sport because it's not that known so. Fighters like me are, uh, are struggling, you know, monetarily. So we have to always find different ways to make more money for ourselves because it's not, um, it's not as big as, you know, MMA, mixed martial arts, um, and the UFC promotion. So it's uh, difficult for us. So we're trying our best to, to get the sport recognized so we can actually make more money as well.
1: And you're sponsored by In Fight Style.
0: Yeah, Insight Style, it's it's, uh, it's a company that, that distributes
1: equipment. Uh, oh, wait, wait a minute. I uh, for... ha- have a caller, and I recognize the okay. number. Hold on. I'm going to put the caller on.
3: Yeah, no problem.
1: Hi, caller. You're live on Blog Talk Radio.
3: Yes, hi. Um, I have a question to ask, um, Augie. Um, yes. Could you, could you speak about the power of the mind? Um, I have tremendous respect for what you do, and I just wanted you to – I'd like to learn something about the power of the mind and, and what you do because I think that's a huge driving force. What's up, Sabin? Hey, how are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm getting yeah, off I reckon... the phone. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay,
1: I' Agni. Uh, go ahead and answer this question. This is a great question for you. Uh,
0: did you did you have anything uh like specific as far as the power of the mind or
3: or just No, um... it's just like before you get in the ring, I mean personally, if I had to do that, I would have diarrhea i mean it's like right. the, the, your opponent wants to kill you right. i it's the how do you not go into panic? What do you do so that you your fear is you you see it you witness it, but it doesn't control you well, I think it's just um trying to overcome overcome that. You know, and
0: just telling yourself that everything will be okay. You know, you tr- you train hard for for this fight, and that's and that's why when I'm in the in the gym, I give everything I got because I know that that time is going to come where where your mind is going to start playing tricks on you, and and you know you resort to having to think how 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 much uh, time you spent in the gym and all the right things that you did inside the gym, and you know Costamato, which was an old trainer of uh, Mike Tyson's he was also actually very, very knowledgeable about the, the psychological, um, you know, effects on a fighter, and he was saying, when you look across that ring, that fighter is, is feeling the same exact thing that you're feeling, and you're feeling fear just like he is, and he's looking at you, and he's saying, man, this guy has really big shoulders, he's very muscular, uh, he looks bigger than me, but in reality, you know, it's just your mind playing all these crazy tricks on you, and at the end of the day, um, you can't think of it like that. You have to reduce it to um, – you have to reduce it to – and look at it for what it is, you know. It's just a match, and you're going in there, and you did uh, the best that you can uh, during your training, and that's it. So you have to um, focus, and I believe it's also a um, – and uh, you know it's part of your experiences as well. You know the more you get in the ring, the less, the the easier it's going to be. I mean the effects are always going to be the same. You're always going to feel like, um, uh, you know it, it's like the hardest thing you've ever done. But at the end of the day, it's the experiences that you had in your past and uh, just you know making yourself feel better, uh, controlling your breathing so your heart rate doesn't get too crazy. And uh, I think that's it. You know, but it's just being also just focused, you know, saying to yourself yeah. that you can do this and that's it.
3: Yeah, wow. Well, so you practice it. You practice it all the time.
0: So
3: um, you're used well, to it when you get there. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well Saban I know, you. know when yeah, and, when you used to rock climb you would make your you said you would make your stomach soft when you started to get afraid. That was one of your. Well, I, I still deal. I still
3: deal with fear. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's like there's tremendous fear in creating art at a high level because you only have one moment to to do it. You and yeah. if you screw it up, the, you, you, everything is riding on that moment. Right. It's, absolutely. It's, it's kind of. I mean, I was a climber. I was a pretty decent climber, and. You, you 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 start shaking and your heart goes up and all this stuff happens chemically inside. So that's why I asked you because it's fascinating to me. Thank you so much. Yeah,
0: great. Yeah, I mean you. the quickest. Yeah, thank you. the 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 best way to regain uh, self control is to just stay calm and stay relaxed. You know, uh, take a yeah. couple of deep breaths and, like I said before, say that everything's gonna be okay and and that's it. you've got that you know you've got this. You've You've had what ten, eleven experiences, uh, ten, eleven years of experiences in this, and whatever you've had in your life, you know. So, um, so I think yeah. I think that's a couple of the key key points.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I know Tracy and I will be at your next fight, rooting for you. So. Awesome. We're, We're looking, looking forward to, you, to it. I will bring <laughs> as many people as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's right. what we need. All right. All, right. All my best. Cheers, Thank you, David. Bye. Hi, Petey.
0: Hi.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Colin from Sculptor Saban Howard. So, Augie, let's go back to you. And who has inspired you? Oh, and we have a question from the chat room. Where is the next fight? Is that the lion fight in February in Connecticut?
0: Yeah, that's going to be, I believe, uh, February 26th or the 28th. I'm not exactly sure.
1: And are you going to post the fight details on your Facebook page and your website?
0: Yep, at at The Prime Topic. Yeah.
1: Okay, so we have about eight minutes left, so we've got enough time to talk, but do give my listeners all your details of where they can find you online. Okay.
0: Yeah, so you can find me uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Prime Topic. Um, And then all my social media handles are the same. So you have Twitter at The Prime Topic and you have Instagram at The Prime Topic. And then my website is uh, theprimetopic.com. And then my graphic design stuff is topicscreative.com. And all the social media handles are also the same with uh, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, that's pretty much it.
1: And if people want to email you directly, is there a place for them to do that?
0: Yeah, they can uh, email me, uh, theprimetopic at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to answer any questions that anybody has.
1: Okay, so this next fight you think is in February. Where in Connecticut?
0: Um, that's going to be at the Foxwoods Casino.
1: So Connecticut, the Foxwoods Casino in February.
0: Yes. Yep. And do you know
1: who you're fighting yet?
0: Not yet. It's still uh, a little too far, so we haven't uh, figured that out.
1: Okay, so um, all right. So we know your next fight is in February, eh, at the end of, towards the end of February, in Foxwood Casino in Connecticut. So let's go back to the question I had asked about who has inspired you, and it sounds partly like your father was one of your inspirations. But who else?
0: Yeah, my my father was definitely one, and then I also
1: oh, I got to call him back. We just lost Augie. I will call him, and we'll get him back just as he's talking about his inspirations. So we're on Blog Talk Radio, independent artists and thinkers, having a conversation with Ognyan Topic, Topic, I guess the way you pronounce it, who's a Muay Thai champion. And I don't think he knows he's been dropped, but somehow we lost the connection. So we've had Ognyan Topic talking about being persistent, being determined, um, having a clear clear focus, not being afraid, controlling your fear, and he advocated um, breathing Hello? deeply. Ogden, we lost you. I'm glad you're back.
0: Yes. Okay. Sorry about that.
1: That's okay. So, so what else was... inspired you?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, aside from my father, I like to go online, research other famous people that have uh, uh, done this, whether it's movie stars, singers, it really doesn't matter to me, you know. Um, just looking at their story and how they've done uh, things in the past, and it's all very similar. You know, you see you see all the famous people that, uh, that have done something and followed their dreams, they all have a very similar story. Um, you know they've had a lot of struggle, a lot of uh, uh, negative points in their lives, and then out of nowhere they, you know, they stayed persistent. They persistent, they stayed hardworking. They stayed dedicated, and they got eventually they broke through that wall and they got through. So I strongly believe in that. You know, like I've been saying throughout the whole interview, with all the dedication and things like that, just staying focused and 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 keep marching forward and keep going through. Um, you know, obviously, you have to be smart in making your decisions, but that's that's the key
1: well, and you've also talked you've condoned sacrifice, talked about not being afraid, but controlling your fear. you've talked about thinking ahead, you've talked about a hard working attitude mhm so what's uh what's a fun fact about you that my listeners might not know?
0: Oh, uh, fun fact. <laughs> I also love cars. Um, I love uh, exotic cars. I'm a great, uh, I'm a big auto fan, but, you know, like I said, um, I was never able to buy, purchase a car that I actually wanted because of all my other sacrifices. So, I'm still waiting for that, for that day that that will come where I can finally say, okay, you know what, now's the time I'm going to purchase the car that I actually want.
1: <laughs> what car is it? What's the make and model? If you had a gazillion dollars, what car would you buy?
0: Uh I think um you know if I had uh, an unlimited amount of money uh, I would definitely most likely be some kind of uh, a Ferrari. Um okay. so yeah that's that's my uh that's my car choice and another reason why I love uh Ferraris and I love other car manufacturers like uh, the high end ones like Koenigsegg, uh, Zonda is because of of their um work ethic as well and they're constantly evolving things and they are always um the first ones to come up with a new technology you know and that's kind of pretty much another another thing that inspires me um uh, just watching that those those uh uh interviews with those um uh car manufacturer uh uh you know CEOs and the way they talk about things having their dreams when they were little boys you know thinking about cars having that poster on their wall and then they worked up to that goal, and and I mean now they're creating cars that are worth five million dollars, you know, and they're selling mm-hmm. them out. So I think that's that's truly amazing, and it's unbelievable. And these guys are constantly evolving. So it's it's things like this that that inspire me. You know, another know guy, uh, Arntz, uh, Artena Senna, which was a Brazilian Formula One race car driver. He's also amazing to uh, to listen to and and watch as well. And he had he just had this unbelievable, uh, um, uh, way of thinking, you know, and just going a hundred percent at what he was doing. And, uh, uh, you know, h- uh, having that fear in the back of his mind, but he said, you know what, if I have fear, then I cannot be a race car driver. So, um, he had to just do his best to control that fear and, and drive that car around the corner at 120 miles an hour, you know, and not fearing that he's going to crash, and die and eventually he did crash and die but um, oh. you know um, <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's sad at the end but you know it's it's very inspirational um, the way he was uh, doing things and the way he lived life so well
1: it's been wonderful interviewing you again we have um, we're just about to say goodbye and is there any last very quick bit of wisdom you'd care to share with us any advice to aspiring athletes
0: um, you know, it's just the, pretty much the stuff that I've been saying to, to follow your dreams and do things the right way. Um, but other than that, I'd like to just thank all of my supporters. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'd like to thank my sponsor, InfightStyle.com. You can purchase uh, the Muay Thai equipment from there. Um, you know, my TopicCreative.com uh, website, the ThePrimeTopic.com, and, of course, my uh, North Jersey Muay Thai family, um, also known, known as NJMT and you can check them out at Uh and all the social media is also the same at com. and uh, my two trainers, Joe Bumanlog and Ray Cruz, you know, they've been very inspirational to me as well throughout my life and they molded me as a uh, fighter and also as a, as a man too. So I, I've learned a lot from those two guys uh, as well. So uh, that's well, pretty much you. it. It was thank
1: great. You. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. I'm really grateful and um thank you, Augie.
0: Yep, thank you so much, Tracy.
1: So that has been a wonderful interview with Auggie and Topic, that you can find him at the Primetopic.com. I want to thank everyone who tuned in and thank you for the chat room and um to everyone who's listening. Please come back next week at our regular time, Thursday at 1, as novelist L.V. Lewis talks about writing multicultural romances. Thanks again for listening. See you next week. This has been Tracy L. Slattin on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.